Hello, my name is uh, Jeff Parrish. I'm the senior pastor here at Indian Rocks. And I just want to say thank you to you for tuning in today uh, through our live streaming through the internet for our services. And uh, we are glad that you are watching. And uh, I'm going to tell you about a couple of things that we have here at the church. Uh, we are very much a purpose-driven church. Why do we exist? The reason we exist is to make disciples, as the scriptures teach us. But we have a thing that's called C4, which lists out the different things that we want to, we want to do. Uh, C1 is connecting with God, which is part of what uh, the reason that we do this uh, live streaming is to give people the opportunity to find out what the scripture says and what it means to have a relationship with God. It's pretty incredible to think about the relationship, having a relationship with the God who created you. But the second purpose is a place for people to connect with each other. And I can't tell you how important that is uh, because it's more than just being educated in the scriptures. It's finding a place that you, that you fit, that you connect. We have, a, we have a lot of small groups and all kinds of different shapes and sizes that reach out to different ages and different stages of life. And I'd really encourage you to check in to, to plugging into a small group because you'll never feel apart until you find a place to fit in. So anyway, thank you for watching today and, uh, and I hope to see you soon. Hey, if you have a Bible, let's take a look at Romans chapter three, Romans chapter three. Hey, today we're going, to, uh, we're going to finish up that little series. I got some real exciting things that we're gonna kick off and wanna tell you about gonna be happening in the life of our church starting, uh, we're gonna tell you about it next week. So, uh, so anyway, we'll be, uh, we'll be kicking that off next week, but we finish up today, forgiveness. I've entitled today just the only solution because, you know, when you think about this area called, called forgiveness, I, you know, and as, again, just a recap of last week, um, I, I, today's gonna be practical. I've gotten lots of questions uh, from you uh, and I want to uh, I want to answer those uh, uh, a little bit today. When you think about I don't know, it just to me, it is as believers. If you're a believer here today, uh, if you're not real sure, if you're a believer here today, if you're you're still looking or wanting to know, then you'll hear obviously what does it mean to be uh, a believer. I mean that'll be the very first thing that we talk about. But if you're if you're not a if you are a believer here today, there's this there's this thought, guys. Just talking, just talking straight with you as, as a believer, there is, there is something about this issue that pertains to, to, to all of us. There's something about this issue that will set a person free or will, or will bind them. That's why, I'm taking, that's why I'm taking four weeks to talk to you about it because I have found that it's this, it's this issue more than any other issue that causes more struggles in the, in the lives of everybody, but especially believers. Because if you've experienced his forgiveness for you, then, then, then obviously God, you're not gonna live in the strength and peace that he's called you to unless it's part, unless it's part of your life. You know, freedom is an amazing thing. And I, I believe as, as we think as, as believers, I think that we talked about right before Christmas time about being light and what that looks like. I, I don't know that there's any way that you can be light more than living in, than living in freedom. And I don't think there's anything that frees us more 
than forgiveness in all of its facets. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. But freedom is an incredible thing, right? Freedom is an incredible thing. Have you ever wondered, you know, most countries around the world, they have to build walls to keep their people in. In our country, we got so many people wanting to get here, all right? <laughs> Looks like we're going to be building walls to keep them out, all right? But have you thought about that? Why? Why does everybody want to get here? Because when people live in freedom, it, it's, 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 it's something that people, when other people see it, is that they long for it. So I'm not just talking about physical freedom like our country. I'm talking about you living in freedom in here. And when you get there and you understand that peace, I'm here to tell you, that is the, that is the greatest light that you can be to this world is to live in freedom. Does that make sense? When you think about, when you think about this, that's why I've decided to take this first of the year because we live in such a, we live in such a culture that is, that we try to make everything fair, right? Well, this, that's just not fair, so this, this. But see, if fair, again, I've talked to you about this before, but if fair is what you're looking for, then forgiveness is not gonna be part of your life because forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is letting somebody loose of a debt they owe you. That is the textbook definition of forgiveness, is letting someone loose of a debt they owe you. So anyway, so that kind of gives you this picture of why and what and all the rest. But today's going to be a lot more practical. But I do want to start like I've started every week. And I always have to start here because let me, tell you, let me tell you why I start here. Number one is God's forgiveness. That is his forgiveness for us. I have started this way most every week because I have to kind of get that foundation there. Because I have found that when you talk about forgiveness, especially forgiving others, especially forgiving others who have caused incredible pain in your life, unless you start here, then people can get down almost mad with me for talking about this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, you just don't understand, Jeff. You know, you, it's just really easy for you to talk up there and whatever, other, but you don't understand what's happened to me. You don't understand the devastation that this person has brought in my life. And you know, I probably don't. But I want you to see that the, that the, that the thought, the concept, the principle's the same. But it all begins with a foundation. And when you begin with the foundation, then you can see clear through the perspective that this can, this can be part of my life, even though it's a tough thought, all right? So I do wanna go ahead and talk to you about this, all right? God's forgiveness for us. Let's start there. And every week I've kind of started there and given you different verses through the scriptures that teach that because that's something you have to get. Because unless you, unless you understand his forgiveness for you, then it's gonna be real hard over the long haul to let that flow out. Okay, couple of types, couple of types of forgiveness. There's what I call the vertical forgiveness, okay? That's the forgiveness that you receive from him. And, uh, and that's what we're gonna talk about. That's what we're gonna talk about in just a minute. But then I call it the, the horizontal forgiveness, right? That's the forgiveness that flows from him through you out to others. And if you, if you don't stay in the perspective, if you don't live in the freedom of his forgiveness for you, you will eventually run out because the river that flows this way then flows out. But if, you, if it stops right here, then you will run out. You'll get dry, you'll get upset, angry, all the rest. So again, that's how it works. So let's start there, okay? 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, all right, says this. Now, again, as we re- it is a great passion of mine that people understand what the scripture teaches. I am absolutely convinced that the anemic nature of today's believer is because they have this strong desire to feel good without knowing what God's word says. They just want to go to the place that just makes me feel the best, but they don't want to hear what God's truth says to them, especially if it doesn't make me feel good. And so strength, the scripture teaches us, strength comes from knowing and understanding what his word says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. Therefore, I have found it to be a passion of mine for you to understand. Because if you can understand, then, then, you, can, then you can put your faith and trust in his word. And when you do, incredible power is, least, is unleashed in your life. What do you mean by that? Well, well, there's a verse that says, and then you'll know the truth, and then the truth will. Therefore, if you don't know it, or if you don't understand it, then there's, there's not going to be freedom there. So then what, what is this, what does this scripture say? Second Corinthians chapter, chapter five says, for our sake, that is yours and mine. Paul's talking to a group of people in Corinth. He says, for our sake, he made him, that is Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, lots of churchy words, and when you read through the scriptures, it's really easy to go over those things and to miss it. What it's basically saying is, is that, is that is obviously God being right with God was something that you didn't have, but that you do have it now because of what Christ did. Remember, when you think about the righteousness, okay, righteousness of God, what does that mean? That means this, that one day, you know, it's always the way the joke goes, and I tell you what, everywhere I go, you know, whenever they find out who I am, they always have a joke about, what is it, a, a priest and a Baptist pastor and somebody else going to heaven or something. Or, you know, it's always a, it seems like I always get the joke. But, you know, you stand before Peter at the pearly gates or whatever, and whatever it goes. But listen to this, here we go. When you think about standing in God's presence one day, all right, here's a great question I Here's a great thought I have for you to think about. Therefore, that verse, while it doesn't really seem to to be like, wow, it really is wow. Let's look at it again, okay? It talks about that we, God made him, that is Christ, to be sin who knew no sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So here's the thought. When he looks at you, if you're his, when he looks at you, you are righteous, perfect. But Jeff, I'm not. Oh, no, no, I get that piece, all right? None of us. But you've been made right, all right? Let's say, let's say some of you are in huge amounts of financial debt, and you go, me, over here, over here. No, 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 you don't have to tell me about it, all right? But say you're in huge amounts of financial debt. I want you to know that that is, that is probably weighing you down. It's weighing heavy. I understand that piece. But let's say, 
Let's say somebody decides to write a check and you become from, you go from being heavy in debt to having no debt. Okay, I want you to understand that who you are now is a person who has no debt. You can say, well, yeah, but you don't know. You don't, you don't know that I hadn't had this guy. Bingo. It's who you are, right? And therefore, God, the way God looks at you is that Christ himself did what he did so that you might be righteous. Therefore, you stand before God. You stand before God forgiven. That is, you have no debts. You owe nothing. To me, when you think about God's forgiveness for you, that is freedom. If you've ever had lots of financial debt and all of a sudden now you don't have it, there's huge freedom. It's like something that's lifted off. It's even more so than just finances. You've had it lifted off of you. Therefore, if you've had it lifted off of you, you get the picture. Isaiah chapter 53, written 700 years before Jesus was born, and yet it, it shares so clear what Christ came to, did, to do, when he, what, he, what he came to do. It says here, surely has borne our griefs, right? Carried our sorrows. The word born just is another word for carry. He's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we, did, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, just another word for sin. And upon him was the chastisement, ready for this, that brought us peace. Okay, that's huge. Peace. It is the one thing that I have found that pretty much worldwide people seek. And people do all kinds of things thinking that if they just do this or have this, that they'll find what they're looking for in here. Yes, it's just the, it's just that it is. So what does it mean to bring us peace? And we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but I just wanted to mention this. And by his wounds, it says that, um, that we will be healed. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray, all right? And we've each, everyone, turned to his own, own way. But it says here, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we have this picture that, who Christ is and what he did was the ability to pay the debt that you and I have. Romans 3, 23. Again, I, just, I want you to, I just want you to have this feeling because, and I'm taking the time, these six to 10 minutes, just to make sure we get that foundation back before I share with some of the things that are pretty tough to hear. All right, but it says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. That's the verses I had you turn to. All right, now that's pretty self-explanatory. You probably heard that one before, but if you haven't, it just says that there's no one who is, who is without sin. What is sin? That's just basically that's something that's done wrong. I'm still against who God is. And so it says basically that all have sinned. And it says here, and are justified by his grace. What's the word justify? What does the word just mean? Well, the word just means to be something that is right. Therefore, we talk about justice in our country. What does justice mean? Justice means that, um, that something is right. Justify is the process of making something right that wasn't right. Okay? So what happens is, is if you stand in, if you're in a court and you've committed a crime, and, um, and the judge is just, therefore, 
you're going, to, you're going to be punished for that crime. You owe a debt, you have to pay the debt, right? If that's a debt to society, it may be a prison sentence, it may be a financial fine, it may be whatever, but the judge determines uh, what that payment is to be. Justice then is when, when a debt is owed that that debt is paid, whether it be financial or other. So now, Think about this word, just as we've talked about that. It says there, and we, and, and, and we are justified by his grace. That is, we are made right by grace. What does grace mean? It's a gift you don't deserve. As a gift. It's a gift. You can't earn it or deserve it. So here's the picture. You've been made right because of what Christ did. Through the redemption uh, uh, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God Put forward as a propitiation. That's a, that's a great word, by the way. We actually talked about it this past Wednesday, but it just is the place where mercy is, is, is this mercy seat. It has a lot of rich thoughts to it, but let's move on. By his blood to be, uh, to be received by faith, all right? This was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He has passed over former sins. Now, look at this. It says this was to show his righteousness at the present time. Look at this, so that he might be just, and the justifier. Okay, this is, this is where I'm gonna finish this piece on his forgiveness for you. I just wanted to take a few minutes for you who are believers to understand who you are. God had a dilemma, if God can have a dilemma. If you are truly a just person, how then can you show mercy and still be just? What is mercy? Mercy is getting something you, or not getting something you do deserve. Justice is getting what you deserve. So how do you marry the two? That's the dilemma. So if it's justice that you want, justice can be pretty hard and cold, right? Right, if you... If you steal, if you commit murder, if you whatever, we have laws in our country. And if you've got a judge up there who's just handing out, you know, free passes, which sometimes we do, then, then you've got a lawless society and all kinds of ugly stuff. But then again, the, car, the, hard, the hard cold facts of justice can also be overwhelming. What do we do? So God has to be just, right? Look back at it. So, so that God could be just, right? So that he could be just and the justifier. What's the word justify mean? We just talked about it. It means to make something that's not right to make it right. It's a process. So God has this desire to be just. He has to be just because that's who he is. If he goes against it, that's why these people, and maybe some of you have thought this, well, I can't, well, God probably just will overlook all that. I'm here to tell you he can't. Any more than a good judge can overlook people's crimes. If that is what you're sworn to do, then it is a miscarriage of your duty. You become, you become crooked. That is not who God is, he is just. But then he is also the justifier, John 3, 16, right? What was the reason that God became the justifier? Because he loved you so much. 
So therefore, the only way to be just and the justifier is to pay the debt yourself, right? The only way that you can stay just and then be a justifier also is to pay the debt. So God did because he loved you so much that he gave his son. Whoever puts their faith and trust of him will be justified, right? Will be made right. So if you're a believer here today, and it's not conditional, that's why they call it grace. A lot of people struggle with this because they think forgiveness is, is performance-based. Everything else in this world is, right? So I just want you to hear that. If you're a believer here today, you are absolutely and totally forgiven, past, present, and future. Well, Jeff, that sounds like a send all you want to card. It's not for those who are truly his. Such gratefulness and thankfulness overwhelms a person who can live in the truth of God's forgiveness for them. And there's no freedom quite like that freedom. And it should show up in your life and in the way we offer that to others. So you see, now you understand why I took these minutes here at the beginning, because there's your foundation, guys. There's where you're going to find the strength. There's where you have to live. It's not always easy to live there because we live in a horizontal world. That is, we're dealing with everybody else when our strength comes from the vertical, right? Comes straight from him. So when you look at that, you have to have that connection with him in order to live the way he's called you to live out there. And it is not a natural way to live. It's a supernatural way to live. And the only way you're going to find the strength over the long term is this way. So now let's go to the next one. I just have a couple other things. Number, uh, number two is forgiving others. I've had a lot of questions. I knew I was going to, all right? I can't tell how many people have come up to me, sent me an email, whatever, and said, boy, these, this series was for me. And I've said most every one of you, I said, no, no, it's for everybody. Because everybody in the room is going to deal with this issue one way or another. It's just the way it works, okay? But I want you to understand forgiving others. Obviously, Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter six, he said this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, will be done as earth is on heaven, right? Give us this day our daily bread, look at this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive others. So God, as we've talked about before, he has, basically, it's an expectation upon those of you who are believers to forgive others in your life who have sinned against you. And it goes on, there's a couple other verses that I'd like, for, I'd like to read here, just so you can put down. You see, guys, I, I could just stand up here and tell you the truth, but I go through the scriptures because I want you to see where it comes from. If I'm just up here spouting what I think, who cares what I think? Unless it's his word that is the truth behind it, then who, that what I say doesn't matter. That's why I take the time so that you can see that obviously it's a truth that you can trust because it's his truth. Look at this great picture in Colossians chapter three. It says this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, uh, compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Interesting, continue. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, 
in your hearts. Now, I can't tell you how many people quote, have quoted that, have memorized that verse, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In fact, I've heard people memorize it and they quote it to themselves over and over and over again. Peace, 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 peace. Peace, I gotta be peaceful. And then the more they, they try to be peaceful, the more, the, the more lack of it they have, right? But you know, so many times we, we look at the scripture superstitiously and think if that we memorize it or quote it over and over and over again, that somehow something magically is going to appear in our lives. It's not the truth. There are several things it talks about to, to getting to that peace, but one of the huge ones that's mentioned there is forgiveness, especially forgiving others. I have found that those who have actually experienced God's forgiveness in their life, if they then in turn don't forgive others, that God won't allow peace to, to rule your heart. That's why you can run into so many people who are believers who have no more peace, in fact, maybe even less peace than people who are lost and aren't even believers. Why? Because God's not gonna let you live that way, especially if you've experienced his forgiveness. So let it rule. Let the peace rule. Interesting, huh? All right. One other thing I wanna share with you, and then we're gonna hit some practical stuff. It says, and do not grieve, Ephesians 4.30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as, Christ, as God in Christ has forgiven you. So it's just the same picture. Okay, so we got it, Jeff. All right, God's called us to forgive others. Let me, let me go through some, some thoughts here. You know, you've heard the statement, ties that bind us. All right, I wanna talk to you about some lies that bind us. All right? And these are, these are things that, that, that people have asked me, and I just want to talk them through with you, all right? Uh, there are, I think there are seven. Seven thoughts here, seven questions of just, that this is the practical part, okay? So, Jeff, we got it. We got it. So then how, what does that look like practically, all right? Well, keep, keep listening to me as I get through all of them because it seems like for every question I bring up, it brings up three more. So there's no way to cover it totally. And there's no way to cover every little thought, but you'll see what I mean. All right, let's think about that for a second. When we think about, uh, when we think about what does it mean to forgive others, all right? Lies that bind us, right? And I, had, I actually have, since, since so much struggle comes usually from those who are closest to you. And if somebody would ask me, they asked me a question, Jeff, I can't forgive them because, because they're dead. Right? They, they died many years ago. And since usually, and let's just get personal, it's going to get quiet in the room for a few minutes. It'll get better, I promise. But it'll get quiet. Most of the struggles we have have to do with family. Let's just be straight honest. A lot of times it has to do with parents. And it's the thing that we live with, it's the same that we deal with. It's the tapes that play over in our minds at opportune times. It uh, doesn't have to be family, but usually those are the closest to us, and it's those who are the closest to you have the greatest opportunity to inflict damage. And so when you think about, when you think about these ties that bind and then these lies that bind, I'm here to, I'm here to tell you, just because someone has gone on, right, just because someone's died, it's, it does not relieve you from the fact of forgiving them. So, what do you mean, Jeff? Well, well, because they don't have to be here in order for you to forgive them. 
It's like Joseph last week. He'd already forgiven his brothers before they ever showed up. He never thought he'd ever see them again, probably. Right? He was sold into slavery in a, in a foreign country. You see, I have encouraged people through the years, especially for those who are gone on, that you may need to, you may need to write a letter to them, give you something physical to do, and forgive them. And forgive them. And we'll talk more about practically in just a minute because these other questions will address, yeah, but Jeff, how do I know that I have? Okay, that'll be another one here in just a minute. So, so just keep hanging with me. But just because someone is dead doesn't mean you can't forgive them. Why? Because you still have that struggle and believe it or not, they're still dictating your life and they're, and they're dead. They're still binding you and they're dead. Therefore, God has not called us to live in this type of slavery, I promise you, right? So number one, all right, is, is I can't forgive. Number two uh, is the person, I can't forgive this person because they haven't admitted that they've even wronged me. I get that. I don't know that you can't, but that you just don't want to, right? And I get that piece, but, but I want you to understand, they don't have to admit they don't have to confess. They don't have to ask you for forgiveness in order for you to forgive them. Think about Jesus at the cross. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus looked at them and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. In other words, he forgave them and definitely the people crucifying him weren't seeking his forgiveness. Definitely the people crucifying him weren't thinking they were doing anything wrong. So you have this great picture then because it's not about it's not about them, it's about you. It's about the forgiveness that comes to that. It's not an easy thing, but it is the truth, all right? Continue to, continue to think about this. Number three, I don't need to forgive them because I don't want a relationship with them anyway. Right? That's another question. I, I'm what I'm telling you, these are questions you've asked me. And I thought, I've learned that for every one question somebody asks, there are 10 others that, that didn't ask, but have the same question. And that makes sense, right? Well, you know, I don't want anything to do with them anyway, so then why bother? All right, here's what I want you to say. I want you to understand there are some truths here that'll help you. I have learned that when you're, when you're dealing with, with other people, you can, just because you forgive someone, that does not mean that you're gonna give them a future relationship with you. You see, forgiveness by its nature is past. It's not future, it's past. Except in God's case, he forgives his past, present, and future. But forgiveness is for the past. But just because you forgive someone, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna keep having a relationship with them. Let me give you an example, right? It's always easy to use finances. If you loaned $100,000 to somebody, right? Painful type thing, they didn't pay you back and you forgave them. Just because you forgave them doesn't mean you have to lend them any more money. Does that make sense? In fact, I would probably advise you not to unless some things have really changed. In fact, some, some people will manipulate you saying when they come back to borrow more money and you say, I'm sorry, I care. Well, I thought you'd forgiven me. Oh no, I have, right? But I'm just not gonna lend you any more. 
And guys, financial things, believe it or not, are the easiest to overcome. It's the other things that, that are harder. And I have, I have shared with people, this is, can be a, this can sound harsh, and, and, I, and this does, I'm not sharing every actuality of what might happen or could happen. There's no way I can cover all those in just one thought and talk with you. But, but there are some people in your life who have brought such destruction that you need to put distance between you and them, right? Okay, that's not being unforgiving. That's just being smart. You know, it's like uh, being parents. When you have a kid who has a friend and every time they're with that friend, they get in trouble. Let me tell you what to do, mom and dad. You're not hanging around them anymore, right? But they're my friend. That doesn't matter. You're not, they're not going there, right? Distance. I don't think there's any problem with that. Forgiveness then has nothing to do with the future. It has to do with what you did to me. I'm not, I'm, you don't owe me anything. I'm not holding you to anything. I'm letting you go. And by letting them go, you're letting yourself go. You're loosing yourself. It's an incredible thought. It's a, it's a, that can be a tough thing, especially, especially when there's distance there. But I know in CR, we, we teach people that they're, there are some people that you have to put, even if you love them, <laughs> you have to put distance there because you yourself are not able to do it, right? So understand that about future relationships, right? Um, number four, I can't forgive because it can't be fixed. Well, well, Jeff, there's no way they can make that up to me. I get it. Especially if it's slander or gossip or something else, there's no way they can make this right. But see, remember, it's not fair. But when you lose them of a debt, you lose them. And if somebody restores, fixes it, then you don't have to forgive them because they've made it right. Forgiveness by its nature is letting someone go. And, it is not re- and, and restoration is not required. Interesting, huh? Guys, let's keep going. All right, number... Um, Number five, they keep doing the same thing. And that's kind of tough. You know, I keep, I forgive them of the same, I mean, they keep losing their temper and calling me all of these things, right? And then they come back and say they're sorry. And what if they keep doing the same thing? It, make, it makes it hard to forgive. And I get that piece. But here's, here's the thought. If you're a believer here today, don't, just, just hear me out. You don't raise your hand, don't do anything. But if you're a believer here today, how many times have you gone to God and say, Lord, I, I blew that again? And God says, you know, that's the 79th time you've done that, so no. No, no more forgiveness for you. No, no, no. God's forgiveness is complete and it never runs out, which is what he wants you to do. It's a tough one to hear, but it is the truth, right? It is the truth. All right, number six. Time heals all wounds. Boy, that is a lie that binds people. Time can heal, but time can't heal unless the wound has been cleaned. In fact, time will heal all wounds, but time will also make some wounds a lot worse. If you're listening to me, I just want you to hear it. This is why people, the longer that they led, and you could be sitting here today, this could be you. But the longer, some people have been letting it go on so long, it seems almost overwhelming to them. I remember talking to a young girl, and if I was to tell you what happened to her, you would, 
be just as, you'd be angry because something that her dad had done. And, and you know, and she came up to me one night and she talked to me, she was talking to me about this. And um, this is not here, by the way. And so she came up to me and talked to me and I said, I said, well, let me tell you something. You're not going to hear this, but you're going to have to forgive him. And she made this statement to me that, that I thought was real telling it might help. She said, I don't even know what my life would be like without hatred toward my father. Because she'd lived with it for so long, it began to define who she was. And it was almost something that she'd held on to so tight that it would almost be like, like losing a best friend. If you're there, you know what I'm talking about. The longer you've, hold, you've held on to it, the harder it is to get rid of. That's why this time heals all wounds. If you decide just to let that go, I'm not even gonna talk about it. It just builds and builds and builds. And then the longer you let it go, the worse it gets. And pretty soon you get to where you have struggles because that's why she was coming to me is because she had several dating relationships, but she'd ended them all because whenever it got too close to where that person could hurt them, she'd cut it off. She was tired of being alone. Guys, that's what unforgiveness does. It takes you to places you don't want to go. That's why I'm taking all the time to talk about it. That's why we're gonna cover in these four weeks most every verse in the whole Bible about this subject. Because I want you to get it. Because when you're loosed from it, you'll kick yourself for waiting so long. Why didn't I do this years ago? Why didn't I take, why didn't I cut this loose years ago? It's interesting, huh? Number seven, and finally, just questions people ask, is um, I don't feel like I've forgiven them. Now I get that, I understand that. Feelings are tough. That's why I've, I've tried to tell you don't trust your feelings uh, because anything changes them. And if you've lived with something long enough and then you just go over and, 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 and tell the Lord, hey, okay, Lord, I've forgiven them, your feelings aren't gonna catch up for a while. You have to be careful how you trust your feelings. I don't feel like I've forgiven them. Well, let me tell you this too. Um, if you say, Lord, I, I, I forgive them. But the, the great, the tough thing about it is, is that 15 minutes later, you can unforgive them again, right? And it depends on what's been done, but it may need to be an hourly thing for a little while. And then when you start out every morning, you start out every morning, Lord, Lord, I've forgiven them. I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them. And then if you get angry about it, then you have to remind yourself, this is what I do. You have to remind yourself, I can't be angry with that because they don't know me anymore. But it takes a while to get there. And every day you may have to say, Lord, I forgive them, Lord, I forgive them, Lord, I forgive them. And pretty soon, it'll just be weekly. And then monthly, and then pretty soon, you'll, your feelings will catch back up with you and you'll know you've cut them loose. You see, guys, it's not a one-time thing. It's a process. It's a pattern that you walk down of forgiveness. And hopefully, after a while, is this, this pattern or process of forgiveness will turn into an attitude of forgiveness. And then 
It won't be easier, but you'll, you'll, you'll get better at it. It's also the same way with unforgiveness. If you go down the roads of unforgiveness, then it's pretty soon, I want you to hear this, this is tough to hear. If you go down those roads of unforgiveness because of what somebody's done, then those closest to you, you'll start being unforgiving toward them over dumb stuff. I mean, you know, they, they forgot to change the oil in the car or they tracked muddy prints through, through your floor or, and you'll start harboring resentment over silly little stuff because it all comes, becomes a pattern, either a pattern of unforgiveness or a pattern of forgiveness, an attitude of unforgiveness or an attitude of forgiveness. And I'm here to tell you, the freedom road is forgiveness. But it feels right. Well, they did me wrong and this is not fair. And anytime you start hearing yourself say those words, it's probably indicative that you've got unforgiveness there. As I know these things sometimes are hard to hear, but I can't tell you how much truth there's in them and I can't tell you how much potential freedom there is that can come from them. Okay, number three is where I'll, I'll be done, but this won't take long because it's similar to forgiving others. A lot of the same thoughts, but number, number three is forgiving self. I have found out that probably at least half of you don't struggle near as much with forgiving others as you do with forgiving yourself. But it's the same concept of forgiveness. In fact, when I even talk about forgiving self, a lot of people would look at that and say, you know, that's, I don't know, that just seems a little selfish, but it's not. I'm here to tell you that cutting yourself loose and letting you go free is something God wants for you. That's the reason Jesus came and died. You know, when the prodigal son came home, remember the story of the prodigal son? You know, he'd been out and doing, you know, living with, you know, the Gentiles and feeding pigs, living with the pigs. And he came home, father, I've sinned, whatever. And the, and the father forgave him, right? Begin to celebrate, put a ring on his, on his finger and shoes on his feet and robe and give him new clothes. And, and, and if the son had a little later said, you know, Dan, I don't deserve any of this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go live out in the fields with the pigs to try to pay for this a little bit more. And the dad's gonna say, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, I've already forgiven you. And I want you to live in that forgiveness. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. There, there's a great verse. If you struggle with this, it's the same concept. Let me tell you what I mean. If God has forgiven you, then you have to forgive those things that God has forgiven, and that includes you. Because guys, it can be tough. Unforgiveness towards self can turn into anger towards self, that can turn into hatred towards self, that can turn into self-destructive decisions medication, whether prescribed or not prescribed. Depression is just defined as anger turned inward. So when you look at all these things, there's so much freedom too in learning to not only accept God's forgiveness, but to also know that you are debt-free. Well, I don't feel debt-free, I go back to feelings again. You may need to go in prayer and say, Lord, 
I know you've forgiven me and I need to live in the freedom of that. God, you're gonna have to teach me. You may have to do that every day until your feelings catch up. But I'm here to tell you, for those who've lived in the prison of self-hatred and anger towards self, you don't know freedom like walking out of that jail cell. I just want you to hear it. If you've lived in that jail cell for very long, you know the voices that talk to you, that beat at you, if you can ever learn that freedom, I'll hear you shout glory hallelujah from wherever I am in the world at the time. Because I'm here to tell you, yeah, absolutely. You need to hear that. So as I close, I'm just about to be done. I'm just about to be done. I want you to hear this verse. And it's actually a verse that's in the Old Testament. Psalm 103 verse eight, it says this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will, always chide, he will not always chide, and he will not always keep his anger forever. Okay? He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the love, steadfast love, that God has toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, okay, does he remove our transgressions from us? I'm glad he said east from us. I'm glad he didn't say north-south because you can keep going north and eventually, you know what happens? You start to go south, right? And, and so you can measure north to south. But I'm here to tell you, you can't measure east to west because you can go east and never run into west. I just want you to think about that for a minute. Does that make sense? So when you talk as far as the east from the west, it's infinity, so God has removed it from you. I don't want you to feel too bad here, but I'm going to say it pretty blunt. How dare you to not accept such love and forgiveness that God has given to you, right? By not forgiving yourself. If the God who created you knows you and loves you has forgiven, then live in the freedom of it and don't accept anything else but freedom. Galatians 5.1, one of my favorite verses. It was for freedom that he set you free. Therefore, he wants you to live in freedom. He doesn't want you to live in this self-imposed jail cell. He, he came to set you free so that you could live free. So stand firm and don't let anything put you in slavery again. I love that verse. There's just so much to it. So that's what I leave with you today, all right? We finished this series, but that's what I leave with you today. Take some action on these things because I'm here to tell you it's what you're looking for, right? There's never been a time in your life that you put your faith and trust in him. Look at me. You have to have the vertical before you can live in the horizontal. That has to be established first. If not, you'll run out of gas. You have to have that flow from him to you in order to go to others. Obviously, as always, there's some folks up here that would love to talk to you about what it means to, to receive the forgiveness that he has offered to you as a gift. It's pretty neat. All right, God bless. Let's all stay and we'll have a closing word of prayer. All right, uh, come on up, Anthony. I'm heading to the guest reception. Love to get a chance to talk to you today. Thank you for being here today. And, uh, and such a great, uh, such a great uh, series 
in, uh, in thinking about the, the incredible love that God has for us. All right, good deal. If you're a guest with us, I'm gonna head, I'll be at the right at the middle doors to the right. You'll see me in there. All right, God bless you. Have a great day. Anthony, why don't you close this?